Well, let's go right into uh, our study, which is the guide inside from uh, Mark Brzee, who's a pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but really he's been a world missionary for many years, has uh, many international Bible schools, training men and women in the local cultures uh, in the Word of God and how to minister the Word. And so they're a tremendous blessing, uh, not only here in the United States, but around the world. Uh, many uh, men and women, young and old, have been trained uh, through uh, their service to the Lord uh, and the things that He's called them to do. And uh, we, we, th we thank God for them, and we thank God for the um, inspiration that they had to uh, pen these words down uh, in, in this book that we're able to use it as a, as a guide for us as we learn about the guide inside. So last week we left off at the end of chapter uh, 11, or excuse me, chapter 10, and um, I, I, we left off with integrity. So I want to pick up on the very next page, page 148, Holy Ghost safety, Holy Ghost safety. He said, people sometimes violate natural laws and think a good confession will fix everything. Sometimes we, uh, people violate natural laws and think, well, if I just can give a confession uh, for what the Word of God says, that, that'll just fix everything. I can do anything I want. I don't have to obey natural laws. Well, that's not really true, you know, because he gave uh, the example. It's a great example. He said, think about it. What if a group of people went right now over to a bridge and they just started jumping off the bridge. And on the way down, they are confessing, uh, I'm, I'm not going to sink. I'm not going to hit the ground. Well, how many of them do you think that their confession is going to prevent them from hitting the ground? Probably about a big fat zero, right? Um, and so uh, they're all going to hit the ground because law, gravity is a law that God put in place. Now, there's ways to overcome gravity, like with an airfoil or a, a, a wing, we call it, on an airplane. And uh, that can actually, the, the law of gravity, believe it or not, is still working on that airfoil or that wing. Uh, there's still a force pulling it down, but there's a greater force pulling it up. And so that you'll overcome that. But, uh, you know, I remember Dad Hagen talked about uh, this person who uh, uh, was talking about how God, you know, is basically killing people or taking people. Uh, he, he said, God, God took this man. And um, Brother Hagen said, well, it's, it seems like uh, when they obey the laws of safety, God sure does take a lot fewer of them. He wasn't saying God takes them at all because uh, God is not the author of death. Uh, the devil's the author of death and uh, sometimes our stupidity. And so... Um, he was just uh, trying to make a point to the guy because the, the man that they were talking about worked in a, a big um, commercial plant. And in that plant, they had a massive uh, power switch, uh, breaker panel, basically. And it had written in a, like a big warning on the wall, warning, do not throw this uh, main breaker when the ground is wet. Well, this man went and the ground was wet and he threw the breaker and uh, he made a connection to ground, the fastest connection for the power to go to ground, and it killed him. And, you know, that other person, minister, was saying to Dad Hagen, like, you know, well, the Lord took him. And Brother Hagen's like, yeah, the Lord seems to take a lot less people when they obey the laws of safety. In other words, no, it wasn't the Lord that took him. It was uh, his disobedience to the laws of safety. Uh, so, you know, you're not uh, jumping off a tall building or a, a tall bridge and, uh, you know, confessing and expecting to live. And you're not going to, like, um, grab hold of a, a major power line and touch the ground and just confess that you're going to live. Uh, and, and you could go on and on there. And so sometimes people will, will violate these, these natural laws and expect that their confession will save them. Well, 
that's really the point of our study is the guide inside is the Spirit of God would not lead you to do that. In fact, if you'd pay attention to Him, He's leading you and warning you, don't do that. Uh, that's dangerous. Even without the warning sign, if you check on the inside, uh, He's going to lead you in the right way every single time. And so to uh, live by faith means our life is lived by relying upon what God is saying. Well, if we're going to rely upon what God is saying, we have to hear what God is saying. And so uh, our ear ought to always be tuned in. Lord, what do you say about this? Uh, you know, what's going on? And um, if you admit it, many times if you're approaching something dangerous, boy, you're kind of like, ooh, should I be doing this? And so instead of looking to the flesh or the natural mind, you ought to look to your spirit. And um, we ought to look to our spirits. And the Lord will lead us and guide us every time. Um, he said, you got to be led. If you have peace, follow it. If you don't have peace, then stop, right? So don't, uh, don't make the mistake of just thinking, I can do anything I want. That's not what the faith life is. The faith life is a life that's uh, in union with Jesus Christ and relying upon Him for direction and uh, for um, understanding. And so He'll lead us and guide us every time. Then page 149, it goes to a section called Running on Empty. And every time I read that, I thought, is he talking about like you're just not like uh, reading the word or praying and so you're running on empty? Well, no, that's not really what he's saying. What he's saying is uh, in the 70s, I think close to 1970, uh, he was in Tulsa and um, a friend wanted him to go pick up a car in Ohio. So he flew over to Ohio to pick up the car. And at that time, a really nice car, I guess, was a, a Lincoln Continental. And so this car was a Lincoln Continental, and for that time it had all the bells and whistles, everything on it, just amazing. And he's like, this is great, I get to drive this car. And, you know, when he left Tulsa, it was warm spring day, but when he got to Ohio, it was, it was very chilly. And uh, so he just brought a little jacket. I guess he wasn't anticipating the, the Ohio chill. Being from the Midwest, uh, you know, you can kind of uh, understand the Ohio chill. Anyhow, so he gets in the car and starts driving, and... Um, you know, he sees this uh, gas station, but he looks at his tank and he's like, well, I got a quarter of a tank. Uh, I should be able to make it 100 miles. Well, he had not driven a Lincoln Continental before. And so uh, you can't make it 100 miles. Uh, you know, you won't get 100 miles, rather, uh, out of a quarter of a tank that's left. And he said, sure enough, um, I think it was one in the morning, something like that. Uh, he, after 40 miles, it went on empty and he ran out of gas. And there is no gas stations in sight. And that's not like it is now. Um, because there was a gas shortage, so there weren't nearly as many gas stations, and even when there were, there, it was very difficult, take a long time, wait in line to get gas. And so he's like, out. And so he broke down us that road. He's like, Lord, you know, help, basically. I, I need your help. And, um, you know, he said, why didn't you come through? And he's accusing God. No, no communication from the Lord that he can perceive. He's kind of like, what? The Lord's not talking to me. What is going on? So he said, Finally, he said, let me start over, Lord. Forgive me for blaming you. And he's like, where did I go wrong? Right? Because the whole time he's assuming God didn't come through. Why didn't God take care of me? Uh, all this. Uh, but really, uh, the Lord's already provided everything we need, including uh, leading, if we just pay attention to him. And so uh, the Lord spoke to him, uh, not with a voice, but uh, he rose up on the inside and knowing, do you remember when you had a stirring on inside of you to pull off and fuel up, but you decided to go another 100 miles. And he said, oh, yeah. He's like, I did. Um, but he said, I, um, I, I let my mind overrule what I had in my heart. And I thought, well, I can make it. You know, why do I need to pull off? 
and uh, you don't have to raise your hand if you've ever done that, but um, I, you could, I could raise my hand and say, you know, I haven't always followed the leading of the Spirit, but the Lord has always led me right. <laughs> In other words, you may have heard me say before, the Lord has never led me wrong, and that's so true. doesn't mean I've never done the wrong thing or uh, experienced, uh, you know, what happens out from under His hand of protection and leadership. Uh, but then like this, I'm always, okay, Lord, like, bring me back. Where did I miss it? Because I know you didn't miss it. Where did I miss it? And He'll always show you. And uh, then he said this to him. He said, I never see disaster coming into the lives of my children except that I try to lead them and guide them and help them get around it. But there's very little I can do if they don't listen. And so like we talked about last week, God is not uh, a control freak. He's not a controller. So he's not going to force you to do this or force you to do that. But he's going to he's going to lead you, guide you, uh, and kind of give you warnings like, hey, you should stop and do this. But you still have the full freedom to say, no, I think I'm okay. Uh, I can do it, you know. Um, and uh, none of us would probably consciously do that if we're born again. But sometimes we just get busy and think, well, no, I know that. And if your mind hasn't been changed and you haven't had some experiences um, where you found out the, the more challenging way, uh, you might make the, the wrong choice and, and not listen to the leading of the Spirit. And so, um, you know, uh, God always leads us and guides us, takes care of us so that we can avoid even these um, challenging situations in life. All right, let's go to chapter 11, page 153, um, Romans 8, 14. Love these scriptures that he's using in this chapter. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, you could say it this way, that the sons of God, and that includes men and women, that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So if you're a child of God, if you're a son or a daughter of God, that ought to be part of your confession every day, is that I am led by God's Spirit. He leads me, He guides me, He shows me the way. Um, and uh, Dad Hagen said years ago, the man or woman who shuts away their spirit, cripples themselves in life, and becomes an easy prey to selfish and designing people. But the individual who will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. The individual who will be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top. It's pretty good, so I'm going to read that again. The man or woman who shuts away their spirit uh, cripples... You know, I, I really, I think Dad Hagen said this in a different way, so I ha it's harder for me to read it, how, how he's saying it, because it's not exactly how I would hear him say it when he said it. But anyhow, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> the man or woman who shuts away their spirit cripples themselves in life and becomes an easy prey to selfish and designing people. In other words, if you don't listen to your spirit, people that are selfish and they've got a plan to manipulate you, uh, you will become an easy target and easy prey for them. In other words, they'll get you, they'll hunt you down, and they will take advantage of you. But the individual who will learn, in other words, it doesn't come, like you just don't intuitively have it per se, the one who will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. Now, I say you don't intuitively have it. Well, when you're born again, if you just listen to your spirit uh, from that point forward, you'd make the right decision every time if you listen and followed. But most people have educated our mind at the expense of our heart. It's not bad to educate the mind. It's actually good to educate the mind. But it's bad to do it at the expense of your heart. In other words, to say, well, I know better than that. Like, I can make it 100 miles on this tank. 
where your heart the whole time is saying, you better get some fuel. And you're like, well, no, I don't need to get fuel because I, I've driven many cars and I know I don't need to stop. But yet the Spirit of God um, knows more than what we know. And um, even, if, even if that car was the same car and the Spirit of God said pull over, boy, you better pull over because He knows more uh, than what you know. So uh, he said that statement changed his life. He said the first time he heard the phrase, it was like someone had burned the words on the inside of him with a branding iron. I didn't have to hear it twice. I decided that's my life from here out. That's my message. That's my focus. And so the importance of supernatural guidance is, he said, it shows up in the word from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, you, yet some people think everything in life uh, is car blanche, but the only thing we must always uh, do is to be led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The primary God will always lead is through the inward witness. So if you're looking for the Lord to lead some other way, like through a voice or a vision, oh boy, some people only heard a, some people never heard a voice, an audible sounding voice their whole life. Some people never saw a vision their whole life and they, they lived for God and then died and went to heaven. Uh, but those that did that we see recorded in the word some of them are recorded there those uh, that we see those records of even most even most of the time they weren't like an everyday occurrence it was like once or twice in a lifetime so I think sometimes our expectation because we read these spectacular uh, visitations in the word or we hear someone like Kenneth Hagin who had these uh, visitations from Jesus in, in vision form uh, we think, well, uh, I ought to have that uh, and I ought to have it all the time. No, that's not, that's not how the word works. The primary way the Spirit of God will lead and does lead the sons and daughters of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so Romans chapter 8, verse 14, the bottom of page 154 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So even the leading of the Lord is not a faraway thing like somebody you don't know. It's, it is intimate like a, a close father that you would say, Daddy, yeah. Daddy, I, I want to know. Daddy, show me. Or like the daddy's talking to you and show, hey, you know, uh, you know, young girl, young boy, this is the way to do it. Let me show you with patience and, and, um, and joy. Um, verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Does this scripture, he, I'm just going to read on 155 what he said right here, uh, this one statement I had highlighted. Does this scripture say the Spirit of God will bear witness with our flesh? No. no. Our soul? No. A fleece? No. It says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So we're looking for the witness not in our flesh, not in our soul, and not to a fleece that we put out. A fleece is just something, you know, Gideon put out a fleece and basically, hey, if this is uh, wet, then this is the leading of the Lord, or if it's dry or whatever, you know. In other words, you're trying to get God to move through physical circumstances in order for you to understand His leading. Uh, but he says, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So we're going to have to uh, become acquainted with our spirit and live out of our spirit if we're going to be led by God's Spirit. Yeah. And so 
um, the spirit is the real you. Your spirit is the real you. What I mean by that is your body is not the real you. You've been alive very long, you'll notice that you're renewed every day, but your body is changing. Uh, if you haven't reached like whatever, 23, then your body's growing and maturing. If you've reached 23, then, you know, let's just not discuss that. So um, you start maybe to look older and so uh, rather than just larger. And so um, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. So it's not like uh, even God sending an angel to bear witness with our spirits. It's the spirit himself, God's own spirit is bearing witness with our spirits. It is an intimate, personal thing that we cry, Abba, Father, uh, Daddy God, thank you that you're speaking to me right now. And so uh, with, the, with the love and care of a father uh, and the best father in existence. So we have a witness. We should expect him to lead us with a witness when he gives us direction for what job to have, what school to go to, who to marry, uh, anything else that's important, uh, the big things and the little things, he will lead us uh, by the inward witness. He said, as I said earlier, I'm convinced uh, being led by the Spirit of God is the key to unlocking all of God's blessings in the New Testament. If you, if you want to know, you know, uh, you know how I say it sometimes, is you can't separate walking by faith from being led by the Spirit. The two go together. And so uh, if you're going to uh, live in what the blood of Jesus paid for and what his whole life paid for, uh, the blessings and the benefits, well, you're going to have to be led by the Spirit of God. And he will lead and he does lead. Um, if you don't feel like you know his voice that well right now, don't let it bother you. Just keep following. Yeah. I learned that real quick when I started to learn some things about faith in God. And then uh, you start to learn it and your head is like, yeah, that's right. And your spirit even bears witness. Uh, but maybe you don't fully grasp it enough that you're walking it out. Well, uh, don't just throw it away. Uh, look to the leading of the Lord on the inside and you'll notice like, yeah, that's right, that's right. And so just keep at it. And as you keep at it, boy, uh, one day you'll turn back and you'll say, wow, I really do know the Lord and He really is providing and He really is protecting. And uh, He really does show me the right way to go every single time. So you'll get to know His voice uh, after a while. Uh, his footsteps, his presence. You know, I know my wife's walk uh, from a distance. I can actually tell if she's tired when she's walking or if she's not tired when she's walking. When she's tired, she walks like her dad. And when she's not tired, she walks more like a lady. And so, um, uh, or she's jumping around and everything. That's where Evie gets it from, I think. And so, um, but I know her walk. And not just the, the look of it, but I know the sound of her walk. And so, when the Spirit of God comes in, in a service, in your home, in your bedroom, in such a way where He said, I will live in and with and among them. When He is among you, boy, you get, you get familiar with uh, the sound of His presence uh, or the reality of His presence, uh, just like you would uh, another natural person. Actually, it can be more real, and it's wonderful when it is. Uh, the witness, the word witness from Romans 8, 16, he said, is King James' word. It's not always clear. More modern uh, translations translate it intuition, a hunch, an inward knowing, a drawing, a pull, a prompt, uh, an impression, a nudge. Some people, some people have even called it a sixth, sixth, number six, sixth sense. 
<laughs> Sorry, I had trouble saying that. Or, or you see, I don't say it that much. Or a gut feeling. Well, those are kind of like uh, words to describe almost a physical realm thing like he's saying. So those are not the preferred ways to describe uh, the witness. I really like intuition, hunch, inward knowing, a drawing. Somebody said, I just know that I know. How do you know that? I just, how do you know you're supposed to do that? I just know that I know. What do you mean? Well, if you ever know that you know, you'll know. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you know. When God speaks to you, you know. And uh, that's what I love about faith is faith is not uh, ambiguous. In other words, it's not like, am I in faith? Am I trusting God or am I not? Well, you know if you're trusting or not. Like if I, if I uh, you know, put a rope across the, the uh, say we went to Great Falls and put a rope across the Potomac over those falls with all the rocks and everything and said, you know, um, uh, I tied that at this end and I tied it at the other end. Why don't you just uh, hang on that and go across it? Well, it depends if you trust that I tied it well or not, or it also depends if you trust your own strength to hold on to the rope, or if you're going to walk across it, you, if you trust your own balance. And so you know if you trust or not. It's evidenced by if you're going to do it or not. So, um, you know, uh, faith, when you know that you know, you know. And so uh, you, you're just like, oh, I, I know it. And, um, you know, if you... Uh, as we talked about last week and the week before, praying in the Spirit helps you locate your spirit. And, um, you know, you don't want to be like, well, of course I can do that because of who I am. Well, no, that's, that's not you knowing that you know. That's not from your knower. That's from pride. <laughs> that's from knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And so um, you'll have such a peace and a knowing because of that peace on the inside that you'll be like, you know, I can't explain it. You might not be able to explain it. I just know. This is the right thing to do. And you might even describe it. Well, I have a, a, a witness. Every time I check, I got such a peace that my mind, my mind would tell me it doesn't make sense, won't work. But I have such a peace. I just know that I'm supposed to do this. I just know this is right. Uh, instead of an uneasiness or uh, you, get, uh, you lack peace, you're easily irritated, easily frustrated. Uh, those are indicators that, hey, you're not being led by the Spirit or, or you're, the, 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 you're trying to go a different direction than what the Holy Spirit's leading you uh, because you've gone to uh, a place where there is not peace. So sometimes, excuse me, you can learn as much by what the, 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 the um, check, we call it, of the Spirit or the hold on, don't go that direction, uh, but the Lord's saying in that way, as you do by the Lord saying, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That's the right thing to do. First uh, John 2.20 says, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. That word unction means an anointing or a quickening or being alert or aware of spiritual things. In other words, you're aware of spiritual things. You are aware of spiritual things and you know all things. Uh, you have an awareness of spiritual things from the Holy Spirit, the Holy One, and you know all things. Or you have a quickening from the Holy One and you know all things. Or you have been alerted by the Holy One and you know all things. Right? I love that. Uh, sometimes uh, you could use the word perception. 
I have, a, I have an inward perception. I are, Sirs, like Paul used this. Paul said, sirs, talking about the, the, the voyage they're going to go on in the ship. I perceive that this journey or this voyage uh, will be with uh, much peril. Um, or this is going to be dangerous. And um, it's going to be a problem. So he said, I perceive. He didn't say, I know. He said, I perceive. Uh, it was an inward witness that Paul was talking about, an inward perception. And um, Peter said, uh, speaking about Simon the sorcerer who wanted to buy uh, the ability to lay hands on people and they get filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Uh, Peter said, I perceive that you are in gall and bitterness. I perceive that you are in gall and bitterness. In other words, hey, your motives are wrong. And uh, what you're trying to do um, is, uh, is ungodly. And Peter perceived that. The Lord didn't say that to him. He, he perceived it. And sometimes I think we'd do much better if we would use uh, Bible words to describe Bible experiences and then people would understand more and not be so confused. He said, I perceive because he had a knowing on the inside. Um, let's go to page 157. If we're listening for a booming voice out of heaven, we'll probably be waiting a long time. Um, here's the point. God doesn't always talk, but he will always lead and he will always guide. God doesn't always talk, but he will always lead and always guide. I love how he says that. God doesn't always talk, but he will always lead and he will always guide. Uh, so many people have said to me, I never hear from God. You listen to this? Especially young people, kids, if, if, if you've thought that or said that, or uh, adults, uh, I want you to pay close attention to me now. Uh, so many people have said to me, I never hear from God, yet God was dealing with them the whole time. Too often we expect a voice when we should expect a leading. Uh, you know, a good way to understand the leading of the Lord is um, the love of God. So the Lord will always lead in love. And so, because God is love. And so, uh, when you, particularly if you're a little kid and you're experiencing like, uh, well, I don't know if the Lord's talking to me. Well, um, he might not be talking to you, but he's leading you. And so, if you're going to be selfish and, uh, you know, take things from your brothers or sisters or uh, just uh, look out for your own things only. Well, if you check on the inside, uh, you'll have, you'll have um, an uneasiness on the inside about doing that you you won't it won't be right to you. you you'll you know that that's wrong well that comes from uh your own spirit on the inside and the witness of god's spirit uh the opposite's also true uh when you're like uh, you know what i, I want to do something for mom and dad i want to make them breakfast or i want to help clean or i want to um uh you know rub their shoulders or i, I just want to help them i want to go say hey how, how can i help you today um, you'll notice on the inside you have a witness like, yes, that's the right thing. Or you may even have a leading that is leading you to do that uh, for your parents or for somebody else. And same thing as, as with you're an adult, you know, and um, maybe you could check it out with politics right now because you could say like, you know, the, the opposing political party that does uh, things that you uh, see as foolish. Uh, well, check on the inside like, Lord, should I pray for them? And then check and see, see what happens on the inside. Boy, that'll separate the men from the boys, let me tell you. 
<laughs> the women from the girls. And so you find out like you're like, oh, yeah, I should pray for them because, I mean, the, the Bible actually says, uh, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. And so uh, you can do that. Find, find someone that's doing that. Maybe you feel like it's a political person or something. And then find that in the scripture where Jesus said that. Uh, he said that actually in, in the Beatitudes, I think, of the Sermon on the Mount. And so um, you can uh, find those scriptures. And then as your flesh is wanting to be upset at that person, just feed on those scriptures. And when, when you read those scriptures, you read them out loud and you check on the inside, you'll have a witness. Yeah, that's right. That's the thing you ought to do. Say, Lord, should I be doing this? And you just read what the word says. Well, he'll witness to you on the inside. You'll have that knowing. And uh, boy, that, that tells you right there. Well, this is what the, this is what the witness of God's uh, spirit is like. And so, um, boy, God is good and he always takes care of us um, and uh, shows us what to do. So too often people expect a voice when they should expect a leading. He said, let me put it this way. If I hired a hunting guide, the guide wouldn't walk you through the woods talking all the time. Hang a left. Hey, watch out for that tree. Moose ahead. If he did, there wouldn't be a wild animal close enough to hunt. In other words, you've got to be quiet. No, a good guide says, I will lead, you follow. Right? So you're just following the guide. Uh, he's leading and you're guiding. He or she, if it's a you know, hunting guide, could be a woman or a man, right? Uh, but... Um, um, God's the he. So we just follow the Lord. As he leads us, uh, we follow him. And uh, he'll always lead us in the right direction. And so, but it's not always like words. And then uh, let's finish here on the bottom of page 157. Wisdom from a missionary statesman. It's talking about Brother T.L. Osborne. Oh, I love Brother Osborne. He's up in heaven. Thank God for Brother Osborne. Uh, what a mighty uh, man of God. And uh, he said, um, he was having a conversation with him uh, one time when he had an opportunity to talk with him. He said, at one point during the conversation, the Brother Osborne said, one time the Lord spoke to me to do this. And then he stopped for a second and said, that's not accurate. I need to rephrase that statement. The Lord didn't speak to me. He just impressed me to do that. And then he went on to explain. Now listen to this. You know, sometimes... We use terminology that separates us from everybody else. In other words, when we say the Lord spoke to me to do this or that, well, if the Lord didn't really speak to you to do it, but you had just had an impression or a knowing, we ought to have said, I was, like Brother Osmond said, I was impressed of the Lord. Because why? Well, if I say well, the Lord spoke to me to do this or that, well, it kind of makes me seem um, maybe closer to God or, listen, the Lord's really speaking to me like this or whatever. Well, really, the inward witness is, is more real and, and, and uh, more expected than a voice. But uh, like Brother Osborne saying, we kind of separate ourselves. So now we're telling everybody, well, you need, to, you need to, in order to do this, you need to hear the Lord speak. Well, that's not even how Brother Osborne did it in that case. It was, he was impressed of the Lord to do this. And so um, it's real important that, that we don't... Um, we, really, how I would say it is we magnify Jesus. We don't magnify ourselves. So he's the one, he impressed me to do this, or he witnessed to me, I had a knowing, it seemed good to me in the Holy Spirit, Paul said, uh, to do this or to do that. And so uh, when we use Bible terms and feed on the Word of God, uh, the actual 
daily walk with God becomes more and more real and we understand, hey, no, I'm not in my prayer time waiting to hear a voice. I'm just listening for the witness of His Spirit or I am perceiving God's witness on the inside of me and He's leading me and He's guiding me. And uh, sometimes, like I said, sometimes we perceive the leading of the Lord by or he's saying, uh, you know, I'm not going along with that. That, that. That's not the right thing to do. You need to be doing this. And so uh, he will lead and guide every one of us. Um, sometimes it's described as an intuition, a hunch, an inward knowing, a drawing, like a drawing. I think of that like if you've ever been like uh, out on a, a skiing boat and you're out on one of those where you're pulled behind a skiing boat and uh, somebody's like uh, grabs a rope to pull you in. It's like they're drawing you in, right? Pulling you in. So it's not like immediately you show up in the boat, but you're being drawn in. So I also think of it like if you ever watch like a Star Trek or something like that, like a tractor beam, like it's drawing you in, right? An invisible tractor beam drawing you in. I also think of it kind of like, um, um, let's see here, the smell of uh, ba fresh, freshly baked bread or uh, like cookies or something and you smell that aroma and it kind of grabs your attention like well, what is that is drawing you in yeah, right and so there's also like a prompt or a nudge and um, you know my wife sometimes tends to be more nonverbal and so instead of speaking something she would give me a, a nudge and uh, just like you know just a little bump you know it's not like it's not a shove it's just a little nudge and uh, just to kind of direct and um, and uh, so maybe that's godly, and I didn't know all these years that that's godly. Um, and so uh, sometimes you just have an impression, an impression. And so uh, you think of an impression like if you looked up at a light inside your house and you, you just stared at it for a couple, five seconds or something and shut your eye, it's going to leave an impression on your eye. It's like a, a, a faint thing that you can almost see is still there, but like it's not got distinct definition. Uh, but you kind of, there's an impression there. And so um, uh, that's how the witness, the witness is. And uh, you talk about witnessing an event. Well, you don't necessarily have a, an image unless you took a picture maybe with your phone or something, but you can recall the impression that, that you had of what that situation was, what happened. And um, so um, Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. And then uh, his spirit over in Romans 8 again, bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And so uh, how do you know that you're a child of God? Because God's spirit bears witness with your spirit. In other words, if I say, I'm a child of God, then God's spirit will say, yes, you are. Right? And so that's actually how you get born again. Because Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So how do you get saved? You confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord before he's your Lord because you believe what the word says and you're responding to the witness of God's spirit uh, to you about the Lordship of Jesus. And once you say that, then uh, that creates the reality of your born again experience. Then like uh, normally what happens is you sense this uh, unseen weight roll off your shoulders that you're like, 
whoa, I feel like so different. Why? Because you don't have, uh, you're not a sinner anymore. You've become a child of God, a saint that's never sinned. Uh, your, your slate's wiped clean. If you're watching tonight and you've never received Jesus, let's just pray this prayer together and you can receive him now. Uh, you don't, you don't uh, become a part of the family of God or go to heaven um, uh, when you die or experience uh, the fullness of the family of God on the earth because you do everything right. You don't come into the family of God or become a Christian because you become, you do so many good things. It's not, it's not goodness uh, counted up and, and say, well, well, if you just did a few more things, you just gave a little bit more money, if you just spent a little more time. No, uh, Jesus gave everything. He gave up everything. And it is on his account that we rest our faith. And it is on his account that we are judged and is on his account that we get access to God. In other words, if there was like a, 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 you know, you could think of it like the courtroom of heaven and the verdict came down, are you guilty or not guilty? How do you want to plead? Do you want to plead guilty? You want to plead not guilty? Well, if you look at what you have done in life, you may say, you know what? I'm going to plead guilty because I've done all these horrible things and uh, therefore I know I'm guilty. But what God wants you to do is plead the blood of Jesus. In other words, saying, you know what? I'm, I'm not pleading guilty or not guilty. I'm pleading the blood, which really is pleading not guilty. In other words, the blood of Jesus took away your sins, took away your mistakes, made you right with God, took away your arrogance, took away your selfishness. When you receive the blood of Jesus, you receive freedom from all that stuff. All right, so I'm gonna pray a prayer here in just a, a few seconds. And when I do, if you pray that prayer with me from your heart, you know, listen to the words, let them sink in your heart and then repeat them out loud. If you confess Jesus is Lord, we're gonna do that. Um, and believe God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do that. And if you do it from your heart, uh, the next verse actually says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you do that, uh, you're, you'll have a clean slate. In fact, you'll become a brand new creature, never existed before. A new being will come into being, and it'll be you united to God, uh, fresh and new, a child of God in God's family. Let's pray. Say this with me. Say, Oh God, oh God. I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross to remove my sins. And that you raised him from the dead. I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, you're my Lord. Thank you for setting me free. I'm going to live for you every day. In Jesus' name.